Hello, beautiful people. Before we get started, I need to thank some new Patreon patrons. Thank you, Paul Berenger and Marianne Nguyen. Welcome to the wonderful world of Patreon patronage of the original cast. It's like PBS without the tote bags. Should we have tote bags? Does anyone still use a tote bag? Want to get thanked on this podcast? Just go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod and wave through your window to the original cast. There are a few tiers of patronage, but they all come with access to our bonus monthly podcast, The Original Cast at the Movies. Our pilot episode on Moulin Rouge is available now on this feed way back in 2017, so you can sample before you buy. New patron-only episodes will be released on the 27th of each month. March movie is the 1952 Dr. Seuss live-action musical The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T with Logan Culwell Block and Kimberly Cooper Schmidt. It is everything you could hope it is and isn't and should and shouldn't be. Again, patreon.com slash originalcastpod. We've got a live show coming up. Sunday, April 16th at 12 noon, the original cast will be live for the third year in a row at the third annual Flying V Awesomeathon. Awesomeathon is Flying V Theater's annual fundraiser with 24 consecutive hours of programming at their offices in downtown Bethesda. This year's theme is musicals based on comics. We've got Carrie Ginsburg, Don Mike Mendoza, Anna Grace Nowak singing, Heather Hurley on keys, and other guests who have definitely 100% committed, and I'm not just not naming them. For more information, visit unknownpenguin.com live. The show is pay what you can, but please be generous and support Flying V Theater. So come and pay what you can and see singing and maybe dancing and definitely talking about musicals based on comics. The original cast live, Sunday, April 16th, 12 noon, downtown Bethesda, unknownpenguin.com slash live for more information. All right, here's the show. Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is a journalist and radio broadcaster. It's Eliza Burkhan, everybody. And I should say former sing-off contestant. I have to throw that in early <laughs> for some cred. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank yeah. you for that warm and rousing introduction. <laughs> so you have a radio show. I do have like a, radio a real show. one. It's yes, not like it's, what we're doing here in my basement, but like a real show. It is on the radio. It is. Yes. And what is it called? It's called Formative Tracks. And it is available on the internet. It is. So people can listen to it. Yes. Where can they find that? They can find it on Mixcloud. Uh huh. To search for Formative Tracks. Yes. And you'll find it. Yes. And you can also listen to, as I did. Uh, the episode with former two-time guest of the podcast, Don Mike Mendoza. Oh. Yes. Yes. That was fun. Yes, he's Good fantastic. Don Mike, yeah, linking people together. But we're not here to talk about Don Mike. We're here to talk about... <laughs> we're here to talk about Godspell. When wilt thou save the people, O God of mercy, when the people, Lord, the people, not thrones and crowns, but... did Godspell come into your life? So I was a sophomore in high school and I had done a little musical theater, but I was still sort of figuring out things that were interesting to me. 
and it was announced that our uh, next musical was going to be Godspell, which I'd never heard of. Uh, but my good friend, Candace, uh, her mom had been obsessed with Godspell back in the day. Oh, yeah. So she kept telling us, oh, we have to run out and get the soundtrack. You've got to hear this. You've got to hear this. I'm like, oh, okay. So we go over to a record store in Phoenix, Arizona, where I grew up. Um, I think it was called Zia Records. It was, it was great. And uh, anyway, we got the CD of the movie soundtrack to Godspell, and I could not stop listening to it. Mm-hmm. I think we popped it on in the car, mm-hmm. so we heard it right away. And then I, I must have... I mean, it's amazing. I still have the CD, and it's not all scratched up because I listened to it over and over and over and over and over. Um, and yeah, so I mean, hearing that made me so excited to audition. Mm-hmm. And it just remains, you know, one of my favorite um, cast albums. Or and you got in. Soundtracks. I did. I okay. got Yeah. So yeah. hang on. I want to guess. Did you do it with only, first of all, like 10 to 12 actors? Was it the small? Uh, or was well, it like a full chorus? Well, so it was a high school production. So right. it's a situation where they want to get as many people involved as possible. And okay. Not turn so it did have away. a big. It yes. did have a big cast. Okay. Yes. So it's harder. To, okay. Did you have a solo? I did not. Oh, this was okay. My, it was my sophomore year. So it was still the the point where if you got into the ensemble, you, right. know, you felt like, ooh, I, I got in type sure. of thing. Whereas like when you're a junior and senior, then you're, you know, you really need to be getting the real roles. Sure. It is funny though, like, because Godspell is 10 people, uh-huh. 10 characters. Yeah. And there's, so everybody has a, like, a solo and then is yeah. in the chorus part. Right. So I was trying to think what your solo would have been and i think i went i I went i got it down to two i was either thinking you would be day by day Uh or but i think kind of having a sense of your vocal stylings a little bit bless the lord would have been one that i would have tossed in your direction see i i I would have said like by my side or something oh okay i'm really good for you know a ballad sure you know tender quiet of yeah the whole yeah the boisterous let's get everybody on their feet type of thing it's not your scene that's not me oh wow okay yeah all right yeah interesting so (laughs) yeah um godspell was one of the first shows i ever saw i was 10 when Mm -hmm. i saw it in a high school uh and it no question changed my life and i remember though being very disappointed so did you guys do when you did it did you do tower of babel did you do the opening number no Okay. We started with prepare. Start with prepare you. Yeah, and it was sitting in the audience. So oh I sure. Kinda, now I'm trying to remember what I was wearing. I mean, we were wearing ridiculous. Oh right. Ensembles. Some of it was like 70s. Some of it was clown like. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, 
And yeah, we were just all just spread kind of out in the around. audience. Yeah. And sure. that, that classic thing where everyone goes, oh my gosh, there's people They're right around, around us, me. Right. Oh yeah. And you go up on stage <laughs> clapping and tambourines and yeah. Sure. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember when I saw it being uh, enthralled by the opening, the actual, the, it wasn't in the original production, but they added it later, which is Tower of Babel, which is still my favorite, like one of my favorite moments in the in the show. Mm-hmm. And then going to get the record that my parents had, putting it on my Fisher Price record player, <laughs> which is the which was the one I had in my room. It, Wait, it so was the a, Fisher Price record player played real records. Yeah, it was a real record player. Okay. It was just design. It was just very small. My okay. dad hated when I would take his records and play it on it because he was convinced that the needle was like ruining his yeah. LPs. He probably wasn't wrong. My defense was, you're not listening to them, and like yeah. you don't, you won't let me in the living room where the right. actual like nice record player is. Also, I was not allowed to touch the nice record player. So okay. We're in an impasse here, Dad. I'm just going to take your records. Yeah. You know, whatever. I was 10. But I threw it on there. I threw that little tinny speaker and it kicked right off with Prepare Ye. It didn't kick off with Tower of Babel. And I was so mad um, (laughs) because I love it, love it, love it. But the, it is not uncommon. Did you guys do Beautiful City? Uh, No. That's in the movie? No. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. That's fun. So you did kind of a. The shorter, the shortest so version beautiful, of the show. Is Beautiful City only in the movie? Or is it, it was in first the... in the movie. It's now in the show. Okay. Um, there was a point where it was added okay. as like an optional Okay. Number. I mean, I would have assumed we just did the original. You just did the original production. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever was in the in the group. Um, it's just funny because it's such a, it's not a straightforward show character wise or story like i've never seen a production that was just like with 10 actors mm-hmm. as written mm-hmm. every single thing was the same every mm-hmm. single production of it i've ever seen i've seen a bunch and even when i directed it in college you do your own thing with some yeah. part of it it's sort of designed that way which is not something i'm usually in favor of with shows i'm like no we stick to yeah. the, what the authors intended but the authors seem to intend to people just to just do it. Mess Just do it. the show. You yeah. know what I mean? However that mean that comes across So do to you. people, since I haven't seen many productions of it, sure. do people put it in different eras? Because that would yep. be, I mean, the mm-hmm. music is so clearly from the 70s that it seems. But it is so minimalist. It's a, like, there's a lot of 70s musicals that are like, like Chorus Line's a great example, yeah. or Company, yeah. where like they have these waka chicka guitar and brass arrangements <laughs> where you're just like, well, that's I mean, the music in the mirror is just like. Right. So- and I love that, and that's I hate a, it when people cut that. But they always do. They always cut that little wah wah guitar. They, they replace it with something else. Oh, that's on like, my like top ten Broadway songs. The yeah, whole, the whole long the whole thing. Music in you the have mirror. to go through the journey. Oh yeah, of that song. absolutely. I think it's amazing, and I I think when you take those shows and you modernize the arrangements, you miss the point of them yeah. to a certain. Like they're very things can be. To me, when people are like, oh, it's timeless, we can do whatever we want with it. And I always think, well, no, timeless means it works in any time period. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how, like, so just, so leave that walk of guitar and those terrible pants and just do, but like, <laughs> that's part of the show. Right. But like, this is just drums, guitar, piano, mm-hmm. and like, and a, and a recorder solo, which I mm-hmm. love. Uh, but so, since it's so minimalist, you're right, the songs are very 70s, mm-hmm. but not the orchestration. So I think people like, you can update it and it just kind of feels like musical rock and roll, like pop musical stuff yeah um and yeah i've seen it set well most of the ones i've seen are set in like some variation of a high school even when it's done by older people because it's kind of teachy lessony kind of or some kind of breakfast clubby yeah or like on a play i've seen a bunch of times on a playground with a chain link fence and then they do the crucifixion on the chain link fence yeah sometimes the characters are are portrayed sort of as older children it's yeah yeah. well they're clowns i mean they're supposed to be like 
full if you look at original photographs they're full tilt clowns not yeah. like they they kind of at some point became hippie clowns like we sort of started to bridge that what's gap. with the clown thing like oh my send gosh. in the clowns i never I mean, it's like look, a thing it is well do you re- okay so i'll tell you what the clown thing is so okay. this is like this is a show that has i'm trying to find the name of the book um yes there it is okay so the guy who wrote the script mm-hmm. uh john michael Teblek at um uh worked on it at uh at carnegie mellon and he created it after having read a book by a theologian who at the time was very controversial named Harvey Cox. He wrote a book called Feast of Fools, okay. which was all about allegories in the in uh, the Christian New Testament and f- like how Jesus was the ultimate clown in an entertainment sense mm-hmm. and like how he brought people to his point of view through demonstration and through allegory and through presentation and how he would do things like turn water into wine like it's a magic trick like he was very presentational okay and that was the secret like this is why the religion lasts is because like we can draw people in it's basically entertainment and it closes i can't remember what the name of the closing chapter is but the closing chapter is is basically the inspiration for godspell okay in the sense of like we must be like children at a clown show to truly understand the message of god and john michael tyblick went got it took the gospel of matthew and wrote it as a script dressed them up in clowns and in the original the cast wrote all the songs and sang every, you know all that sort of stuff okay uh and so it was that's where the clown thing comes from with this show mm-hmm. uh, and that's why it was like literal people playing like, like a literal clown show where like you know like if you go to the circus and kid, like you say they're kind of like children mm-hmm. in this hyper nuts makeup and then over the years it's sort of morphed into more like suggestions of clowns i've never seen a full tilt clown production i've seen one where they have the makeup mm-hmm. maybe some hair but the clothes are generally 70s outrageous or just current or something like that right so i had braces kind of late in the game okay i think i got them on my sophomore year which everyone oh, that had, is late in the game yeah, yeah everyone else had them when they were like 10 and right I was always That's when I had them. yeah but um you know in high school i sort of decided oh i'm gonna be an actress and i told my mom like i can't you get your street teeth straightened yeah. Yeah, yeah i gotta mm-hmm. get my teeth straightened oh yeah um, and side note to the side note, my sister never got braces, so she ended up getting them when she was forty. Right. So that's really late. My kids, but, there's yeah. a lot of parents I know through my son's school who currently have yep. Invisalign or adult braces yep. and talk funny. Yep. And Everybody yeah. wants those braces, right? And they're, they're going to get them because their point. mouths hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's anyway, see. Wait. Yeah. So I had the braces at age fifteen. So I would have had the braces in Godspell, which maybe okay. that's why I didn't get the. Oh, uh, that's why you were in the. Court. There yeah, you go. Right. But I remember come my progress. come my senior year. Um, first of all, I had I did have the lead in my musical my junior year, and then I got the lead again my senior. Oh, year, just to be clear, what were those two shows. Um, so junior was Guys and Dolls, and senior oh, nice. year was Music Man. Oh wow! But during the Music Man audition, uh, the director said. Um, if we give you this role, could you get your braces off before the show opens? Because it would be like like a, maybe a month prior to when I was supposed to get them off. And I'm like, yes, yes. And so I told the orthodontist that and everything. And I was just so excited. Oh like if God. I got the role, it would be like, A, I got my braces off early and B, I get right. the role. And I got the role. So I got my braces off early and oh I was super God. excited. But um, I needed a retainer, of course. Sure. And this was some fancy orthodontist where they could do anything with your retainer. So I picked out a glow-in-the-dark retainer with glitter in it and they said you can also bring in a quarter size photograph if you want to put it for your retainer retainer? so you'd like literally be like licking the picture. i know i was gonna say 
It's really, um, it's, I mean, it's an interesting idea. Sure. People probably brought in like rainbows and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I brought in a picture of Matt Damon's face. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I still have this retainer at home somewhere. Of I know I do. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. never throw that yeah. away. Yeah, so it made it exciting to like put, because nobody wants to wear the retainer, right? But I would be excited it's to so put funny. it on every night. But I just imagine, I mean, you'd be too old for this, but like imagine you at camp. And being like, you forgot it somewhere. And yeah. like, so I was like, where's That's your retainer? Fine. It's the one with the, it's the glitter glow in the dark one with the picture of Matt Damon in it. I'd be like, okay, I, yeah, clearly. There's so many of those. Can't I can't lose that. figure right. out which one. Which Matt Damon? Born Identity Matt Damon or Goodwill Hunting Matt right. Damon? I and got like this, 40 Matt Damons over Right, here. and this, of course, was Goodwill Hunting Matt. I mean, this was like. Oh, this is like OG Matt Damon. This is, yeah, this yeah. is like 1999 is when oh, I did it. Oh, this is And probably Goodwill Hunting came out like 97 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it did. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so height of Matt, like, yeah, like sexy Matt Damon. Yes, yeah. exactly. Not like serious actor Matt Damon. No, not too. That came later. Yeah, boring. Right. Boring. <laughs> right. Not departed Matt Damon. Right. Not even born. Yeah, that's your born identity. Still hadn't even come out yet. Right. That's really funny. Right. Um, that's so funny that your your high school director said, "Will you get those braces off before you know, we open?" Yeah. But it's just like. I don't know. Maybe it was like it's high school, man. Like, <laughs> Look, all these things. I mean, matter. I get it. To, I feel okay. like you know when you're eating, like, but I no, mean, no, to no. you, to you as an 18 year old, 100 percent that yeah. matters. Absolutely, I get that. Yeah. That matters to an adult. Like, it's the adult. Yeah, but they. I mean, you know, I mean, you you have your own little universe and your own community of, of oh sure your high school theater thing, and there's all the drama and oh you know like I, like I'm, the TV show Glee. Like, I mean, that's a real thing. Like. People get all concerned well, about all these things, they do. even that though part they're of teenagers, yeah. and the adults are part of that, too. Yes, that's Maybe. very true. Yeah. I that mean... is true. My mother would have, uh, I'm imagining now the screaming fight I would have gotten in with my mother really? about getting those braces off, and how she probably would have, just on principle, uh, even if the orthodontist had said, yeah, it's fine, not let me do it. Really? She would have just put her foot- Even like a month early? All the way down. Why? Because she would have thought that was ridiculous, oh. and it would have been- like, nope. I don't care if the orthodontist says it's fine. We're not even going to ask. Don't ask. It's not oh, happening. Man. You're not getting those braces off. Well, early. I'm glad. The, thanks the, the, the thanks very... to my mom. Mom, if you're listening, thanks for supporting me. Well, I'm glad the well, I'm glad the orthodontist was. It was probably like, yeah, fine, whatever. Right. Like, you know, it's right. just you're just gonna have to wear that retainer a little more. Which wasn't a problem. Right. Right. And then you actually take that off during the show, and then <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> Singing through a retainer is one of the worst experiences oh. in the world. Have you done that before? Oh, yeah. I did that. (laughs) I had so much orthodonture uh, starting at age like nine until I was, I think I was 14. Like it was like five years and doing like community theater Mm -hmm. with stuff you weren't supposed to take out, like in rehearsal. And my, that experience of the director coming to me and being like, can you, like, it's just an hour long show. How about we just take it out (laughs) just for the show? Just take it out for the show. Put it right back in. It's no big deal. And I was like, yeah, great. I take, I'll take it out all day. I yeah. don't care. I was the wor- it was one of the reasons I had everything was because I wasn't great at wearing it all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, singing through something that's kind of like loosely coming out and like, you know, yeah. Well, I do still have a permanent retainer I do too. on the bottom. I do which too. Which I've forgotten about because it's I've had it since yeah. I was 17. Yeah. I've had yeah. mine since I was about 14 or 15. Yeah. It's been 20 it's some years. It just broke. Oh, wow. It was stabbing me in the tongue. Oh. And I went to the dentist, and they were able to fix it. No big okay. deal. But I was kind of hoping the dentist would say, we could take this out. It's no big deal. Right, and right. the dentist you're, saw you're that now. in my face and was like, 
you're going to have this for the rest of your life. And I was like, all right, fine, let's fix it. And it was great. It took two seconds. They fixed what do you think right happens? Up. Do you think your teeth just sort of cave inward and Apparently, then you swallow them one night? I mean, like, why do we have to have this forever? It's all for shape. I mean, it's just like, yeah. but it, there's a part of it that makes me go, then is that the way my teeth are supposed to be? Like, I know well, that's not how. Maybe just it, let them be. Like, let's just let it. Because if the top ones went with the equipment and they're mm-hmm. fine now. Yeah. Then why can't we just i don't know i mean like i don't have to pay rent on it or anything so it's like i'm not getting a bill every month for 26 dollars for the last 25 years being like oh you still got that thing in your mouth huh right you should have gotten rent control it would have been much cheaper uh but it's i feel like we should talk about little shop of horrors now or something with all this like dentistry (laughs) anyway we've talked about that already we're here to talk about godspell okay which has actually not come up it's funny that there's a couple shows i've done recently um that have I, I expected to be very early in in the run of this podcast. People would be like, "Oh, like Songs for New World" was one that we just did. Mm-hmm. I expected, and this was another one that no one has brought up. No one's talked about Godspell. No one's talked about Godspell. No one's asked to talk about Godspell, and I've been shocked. You know, looking back over the list and being like, "Oh, this is absolute." Because for me, it was a formative show, and it was a show that, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen more versions of Godspell, I think, than any other musical i think okay. i've seen it seven different productions of wow. it in my life most of them between the ages of like 12 and 15 it just mm-hmm. seemed to be something that like two different high schools did where i had friends and then the commu- two different community theaters mm-hmm. did it and it, i would just go to see it because i absolutely loved it and it is to a certain extent foolproof i think it's a show that like if you say all the words and sing all the notes mm-hmm. it's an entertaining evening because it is just an entertainment in that sense but there's a lot going on in it um we usually do a plot summary i'm just gonna say it's the gospel of matthew and like you can look that up if you want to sure um but i had a i'm always interested in how it's staged and when people do it because like i say you can kind of do it any way you want Mm -hmm. and so my first question though for you would be about it were you raised in any religion in particular and what if so what was that yeah, so I was raised both Catholic and Episcopalian, which are pretty much the same thing. Yeah, um, it's like Coke and Diet Coke, and yeah. um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I don't remember if I if if I was attracted to the show for religious reasons. Was, this, was it public school or was it a private? So it was or? a public school, mm-hmm. um, and I remember the religious aspect was very controversial, and there were a number of things during the production that were problems really for the school um like what well so one of the the woman who was cast as um mary magdalene basically sure. like um turn back oh man turn back oh man yes turn back oh man for swear thy foolish word Foolish way. 
she uh, was Mormon and um, her family, I mean, I, this is what I remember. Yeah, what you remember, right. <laughs> that, uh, you know, her family objected to her basically coming on to Jesus in a place, you Not know. Not just Jesus, but like everybody. Like yeah, the, right, yeah, right, right, right. I mean, that was an issue. So I think they had to sort of play with the lines a little bit and, you know, really pay attention to her costume. And I mean, also just sure. that it was a high school well, play. High school. Right, exactly. right. So that, you know, that was an issue. Um, we also had the most, probably the most talented singer at the school who had a lot of solos in our, um, I was in our vocal ensemble too. You mm-hmm. know, of course, was like a whole different animal. And he um, was like always the soloist, always getting into, um, you know, the regional choirs, the state choirs, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. He had an audition too and clearly had the best voice of everyone who had auditioned. And he was African American and he did not get cast as Jesus. And oh. he was very upset. And who did from he what get I cast recall. As? I think he got cast as Judas. Yeah. And so that was Which again, yeah. very unfortunate. Yeah. Which and is always the better part. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's more interesting. Yeah. But there's an optics problem Yeah, there. and yeah. I think, and I remember him having an issue. I can't remember if, if he ended up playing that role or not, but I mm. remember him like going to the director and saying, this is outrageous, like I should play Jesus. Right. I have the best voice. And he did have the best voice, mm. but... You know, I can't say what went on in their minds, and it's not just a singing part; it's an acting part. And you know, the person right. who did get cast was a very good actor, mm-hmm. um, and you know, a fine singer. Sure. Um, so that was a whole uh, controversy, um, and just the fact that I mean, they don't they carry Jesus off on a cross toward the end of the. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's like a yeah. Well, he dies. I mean, they crucify him at the right. end of the show. Yeah, that's, and they, yeah that's, right. a, that's a daring thing to do as a high school production. So I just remember the director having to go through, jump through all these hoops with the administration to make sure we could actually present sure. the play. And It's it's a... Yeah, so I was raised Catholic and went to Catholic schools for 12 years. And so I remember seeing it when I was 10 and being very like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally get everything that's happening. And... But also being... um amazed and affected by the fact that it does not end with the resurrection. It ends mm-hmm. with yeah. crucifixion and that's it. And yeah. they carry him off, like yeah. you say, and that's the end of the show. Yeah. And I've seen it staged where they try to have it both ways, where they have like during the last uh prepare ye, they have Jesus like spring back on the stage. Mm-hmm. It feels very yeah. hokey. Yeah. Which is funny to think that like a show that's this gimmicky is not hokey and I never think it is. It walks no. that line a thousand yeah. times. But it is it has a definite point of view and a definite way that it's going. And when you try to add moments like that to it that don't exist, it feels very disingenuous and, yeah. li- and like it's you added. Can't, you on. can't change the ending of something and something so significant. Yeah. Um yeah, I think the music is very powerful. And mm-hmm. so even if there are elements of the show that are gimmicky, the music is not. I mean no. like I was just listening to it on the car right mm-hmm. over here and um I mean, by my side gets you every time, right? You tear up, and I mean, it's yeah, it's heartbreaking. Where are you going? Where are you going? Can you take me with you? For my hand is cold and needs warm.
That is, I mean, it's a lot of people's favorite song in the show. Mm. I know I've heard many people say that. Mm. And what's so funny to me about that is that it isn't written by Stephen Schwartz. It's the only song oh, that was I in, it was that. in the original Carnegie Mellon production written okay. by uh, Peggy Gordon and uh, Jay Hamburger wrote the, the lyrics. And Peggy Gordon sang it in the original. I think she's, I'm, hang on, let me real fast check and see if she sings it in the movie or not. Uh, she does not. Um, she's not in the movie. But she she wrote the song. And I recently read, when prepping for this, I read an, an interview with her about it. Mm-hmm. And why that's, like, because he rewrote, Stephen Schwartz was brought in to rewrite all the songs and give the show kind of a unified feel give the score kind of a unified feel yeah and most of the songs were just based on psalms which is why the credit is music and new lyrics by stephen schwartz because okay, he it. just took existing lyrics right. and put them stuff right um like light of the world is yeah it's yeah. basically it's it's the yeah that it's a straight sermon um but she talked about how all the cast was very skeptical of him of this like kid because he was very young coming in and doing this and apparently when he came to her mm-hmm. and said to her, your song is staying because I tried to write something different and better and I couldn't do it. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's perfect and mm-hmm. it's staying. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, the cast kind of went, oh, so he is really interested in the show. Mm-hmm. I wish he'd kept my song. But he's like, <laughs> right. but he's in, but he's yeah. like, oh, he's look, he's looking at this material, honestly. So like, but it is funny that that song is a really resonant song with, mm-hmm. and comes at like a very dramatic dramatic moment in mm-hmm. in the show after the because it follows the um the stoning scene if i'm remembering correctly mm-hmm. and ends with that he, he he who was without sin cast the first stone yeah. and then he leaves the stage and, and she stands there and sings in this beautiful two-part yeah harmony right. which then swells to this yeah. like huge yeah. choral number right. right which is just knock you down and that is the song you you wanted to sing you sort of saying yeah i mean that, right, that's yeah yeah it's an affecting, yeah, an easy song to play when you're learning to like play guitar and stuff. It's just two chords. Okay, okay. Maybe I gotta, I gotta bust out my guitar and yeah. It's and just work, like a the, the, the well because it's it's funny it, w- learning to play guitar. The 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 front the beginning and the end is just uh, D minor C A minor okay. repetition, but mm-hmm. then it shifts into the when it gets to the far beyond where the horizon lies mm-hmm. it becomes d major c back and forth just back and forth and back and forth and that was a funny thing as a kid playing guitar to be like oh this song is because all the other songs stephen schwartz legit composer and like mm-hmm. even save the people is pretty straightforward it's mm-hmm. just like a g b minor c a minor thing mm-hmm. but he throws in this e flat chord at one point when will thou save the people oh god of mercy when the people lord the people not thrones and crowns but men flowers of thy heart oh god are they let them not pass like weeds away their heritage a sunless day God save the people. Yeah. And I remember as a amateur guitarist, like jamming around, and then you hit that, you're like, you're like oh, screw you, dude. Right. I can't play an E flat <laughs> chord on the guitar. This you is why I've mind? never performed on a guitar. <laughs> I just like I got a guitar when I was 16 from my uh-huh. godfather, who um, who's a great folk musician. He plays guitar and bass, and he nice. he sent it to me for my 16th birthday, and I have played it ever since. 
I could play all kinds of songs on it, but I've never performed on it. Just because really? Because I have it in my mind that like I have to be able to play all the different chords, and there's a lot of chords I don't know how to play. So I can't have to play all. And the I'm chords, like, just the ones. I'm like, that's that's silly. Just play the chords you need for whatever song, and then go play it. Because it's it. like that's funny. Because that's like thinking I can't be a singer because like they might ask me to sing something I don't know how to sing. Yeah, right. That's that is sort of the same logic. So I need to get over. You're that. not taking. You just don't take requests. It's no big deal. There you go. Do you guys do a lot of dancing in high school? Um, you're saying in, this show, <laughs> in the musicals? Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember any dancing we did in Godspell. It was obviously I, a pretty, like, theater was an important part of the high school if you guys were doing the shows and there was a lot of, like, enough yeah, people to no, put in. Oh, yeah. I mean, they and, would win yeah. awards and. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a, like, well-respected theater program. Um, we would do two full shows a year. So, like, a fall production and. A spring production, usually one musical, one play, and then we would do the five eight show, which was really fun. So that was, um, so I took theater as a class all four years of high school. Oh, okay. Um, and it would be numbered so freshman year you'd have theater one, two, sure. three, four, whatever. And so five, uh, yeah. So uh-huh. five eight was you know your junior, um, the beginning of junior year to your end of your senior year. All the people in that class had the opportunity to direct a one act play, and there'd be this. Oh, one act very show. cool. Um, and my senior year, I directed DMV Tyrant by Christopher Durang. I think? Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, which was this hysterical. Yeah. Well, it was a Durang show. Yeah. 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 Ma- manic. So and, funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was my one and only experience as a director. And it was really, <laughs> I, I mean, I did, I don't want to brag, but I did win best show. For, oh, my. For, I mean, for the five you know, eights. Yeah. 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 So obviously, that's a career I need to pursue. But um, <laughs> that's funny. It's the only time you directed was yeah. the one show in high school. Because I mean, I don't know when I. I mean, I guess as a, I was a high or not, I was in high school. I was a um, music teacher for a number of years, like K to eight, and and an art teacher. And as such, I did a few different things. Like we put on like a a Mystic Valley Idol show, sure. when I was in, you know, and I like co uh, I choreographed. Um, what was that Cinderella at an elementary school? You know these sure. these types of things, but um, not like full fledged. You just have a you have a personality for that. I think oh. that's why I'm surprised. You, oh, thank you, you. you have a very yeah you, you have a vibe about you that strikes me as a, okay. As a so this is good. So yeah. I can I'm just going to add this. Just to throw my it in. Just put it on I'm, your resume. Things that I'm doing. I'll just say I'm you dir- have a vibe. I'll, <laughs> no, I'll put, I'll put down that I am a director. There you go. Just say you it. don't need to know that I haven't just, really. It's the secret. Just yeah, say it. Just put say it into it. the universe, and, yeah. and, and it'll come true. There you go. So how did you wind up at Howard, and what did you study after? Oh, okay. So jumping to grad school. Oh, that was grad school. Yes. Okay. So where'd you go to college? So University of Arizona. Okay. And I got a bachelor's degree in history. So the funny thing is, like, I tried out. I started at Northern Arizona University, and mm. I tried out to be a music major, but I bombed the audition kind of for reasons that we were just talking about. Like, I prepared, I think it was Saban Kudele, like classic, like Italian aria. Oh, so you're like, aria. oh, wow, okay. Um, so you're yeah, like really singing. I mean, were you yeah, taking I mean, lessons that's, that's and stuff in high school? We, yes. The, okay. <clears throat> so so you're a trained in court, vocalist. Okay. Yeah, so in high school, I did theater as a class and chorus as a class, and then I would do like theater after school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in chorus, you know, we did all the right. madrigals and right. blah, blah, blah. So I had prepared this solo and I did pretty well at the audition. And then they said, do you have another piece? And I thought to myself, oh, crap, I need to have a second piece for this audition. I didn't know that. Uh, okay, there's this one song that I sang this one time. Maybe I can, you know, that was what was going through my yeah. brain. And I should have thought, nope, that's the nope, only that's piece. I got. I'm good. I got. Yep. 
Right. You know, and I don't know. I don't even remember what the second piece was. I just and I looked at my accompanist. I'm like, can you play, you know, the one on page 32? And she's looking at me like, Are you kidding me? I haven't practiced this. Right. But, you know, she's right. like good enough to get through it. And, and I totally I <laughs> and I didn't get in um, as a music student. Sure. So um, I told myself that, oh, I guess music is not for me. Which may- wow, <laughs> isn't, but isn't it funny when you're that age? Right. How like your confidence is just you just assume you were wrong. Yes. Like when in actuality, right? Someone at some point should have said they might ask you to sing a second piece, so you right. should probably have something in your right. quiver. They also may not ask, right. but just be ready to sing something hopefully different. Yeah. Like I mean, I tell when I do coaching and I tell actors working on monologues, I'm like, now, what, do you have a second quick one? It's like, yeah. we're doing a serious drama yeah. one. You should probably prep a comedy one that's half as long or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Just in case they ask. Just in case. Yeah. And what, but if they ask, the important thing to tell people is also, if they ask and you don't, you say no. Right. <laughs> you don't, like, don't wing it. Yes. Don't like, yeah. yeah. They shouldn't ask in my opinion, in like right. college auditions. Right. Because like, that's like you say, you've prepped for this moment. Right. It's hard enough oh, to that's get so unfortunate. Yeah. So I didn't get in as a music student. Sure. Um, but I mean, I got in as a student. Sure. So I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I won't do chorus, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what I'm going to study, <laughs> political science, like whatever. Right. And um, I ended up at University of Arizona and I ended up um, taking so many history classes that I decided to just major in history. Sure. But by then I had realized, well, maybe I should keep trying out for choruses. Right. And then I got in a it bunch of them. Yeah. And so I minored in music. So I, you oh, know, I so kept that. Yeah. Yeah. Kept that going. And that's where I actually started the whole journalism thing because I worked at the college paper and that was like a whole lot of fun. Uh, okay. Um, I did that too. Yeah. That's, that's so it's, much fun. It's a great experience. Yeah. Uh, I but, moved from group of nerd to group of nerds. And <laughs> co- like music theater nerds, film nerds, and, and newspaper. I just floated among this group. It was so great. Right. And oh, all and different I, groups of nerds. I was a huge nerd as a kid too. Like, sure. I mean, I look like, I mean, I had like the terrible haircut, the big red glasses. And braces in high school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And braces in high school. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right uh but yeah so howard was um you know i finished up college moved to dc did a bunch of things worked on the city council campaign that was um a fun experience so it was politics and journalism that brought you to dc yes pretty much yeah but after teaching art for a little while i realized i'd rather teach music let me go back to grad school Mm -hmm. for music education and that's when and that's how i ended up at howard yes okay um but they had this amazing vocal jazz program yes. that I was like, let me just try out and see what happens. And I got into Afro Blue, which is like this well-respected group that mm-hmm. gets to perform everywhere. And that's how then a couple of years later, I ended up on the TV show. On the sing-off. Yeah, yeah. right. Which is where I, 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 I'll t- Don Michael kind of tell you, I, I texted him afterwards. I was like, after we had our coffee and be like, why didn't you tell me she was on the sing <laughs> People he was either. Like, oh God, I forgot. He's pe- just like, yeah, it's yeah. just not. Yeah. It's so funny because like people, more people know about it than I would think. Because uh-huh. to me, I'm like, it's just another reality show, you know, right. singing competition. There's so many of them. But in this, in the world That's I true. float in, yeah, it's it was the show. It's like yeah. that, and so you think you can dance. Like those yeah. are the shows where we're like. What I love about a show like Godspell is that it is 
first and foremost an entertainment. And then underneath that entertainment runs this current that I think is not very religious, frankly. Maybe because of my upbringing and my education where like religion was on top of me all the time. Okay. Where you hit anything where it's like remotely Protestant because mm-hmm. I was raised Catholic. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is light and airy. Look at all this room we have to breathe. You know? <laughs> It doesn't feel in that same kind of like, it feels as religious to me as something like Fiddler on the Roof does, Mm -hmm. where it's running through it. It's Mm -hmm. certainly a part of it and it's a current, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like the purpose of Fiddler on the Roof is to convert me to Judaism. I don't feel like the purpose of Godspell is to convert me to Christianity. Yeah, it's not like proselytizing, but but, I mean, it's it's certainly It's certainly religious. religious. They do call him Jesus. Like it's not, he is crucified at the end of it. He's betrayed. They have a last supper scene. Like they don't run away from it. No. But they also don't. It never feels preachy. Yeah, I mean, it has larger. It, it seems like it's about its larger themes, not right. about converting you. What would it. you say some of the larger themes are? I knew you were gonna. God, you that. brought it up. What in <laughs> high school? So, what did you feel? Let's just stick with when you did it. There's a little controversy around it, obviously, and you you knew that at the time. Yeah. But what did you like? What was your response to that? Have been? Would it have just been like that's a great show? Who cares? Well, one, or would well, it one thing that's a... interesting is I'm so I'm not Christian anymore. I converted to Judaism. Oh, hey. Um, a year after I married my husband, who is Jewish. Okay. Um, and so had I had I been Jewish, mm-hmm. I think I would have seen that show in a different light. Because okay. I grew up Christian, and almost everyone around me was Christian. Yeah, you know, in Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, it was sure. just so commonplace. I didn't question it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I looked at the show as very controversial, other than the the things I already mentioned. Um, but had I been Jewish, how would I have felt about being in that show? Because I mean, it is sort of promoting christianity and it is it i mean it it certainly is and it doesn't shy from that i mean it says based on the gospel according to saint matthew like it's very right he's jesus like very clearly right but i mean i think the show's really about um you know accepting people and um yeah i mean just loving people for who they are and generosity and i mean themes that could be considered christian or just be considered um you know being a good human being and mm-hmm. um so you can't say that it's not a show about christianity but you can't say that it's a show that's only about christianity right so after i mean like you say you you did theater and then you moved into journalism and you kept but you kept singing and like this is all obviously still kind of intertwined in your life and you do think you want to get back into is it performing or you'd rather be behind st- for musicals i mean or stage stuff? Uh, performing i mean yeah. so yeah, so post uh, college, I did some community theater. I was in Boston for a little bit, like between college and grad school. You've been all over the place. Yeah, You're like me. My, yeah. yeah, my husband was in law school, so uh-huh. we were there for three years. And um, I did, yeah, I did a show with like the Winthrop Players or something. Sure. Winthrop Massachusetts. What was that? It was um, a funny thing happened. Oh, nice. And and then I was in a show with. MIT community theaters or it might have been called like MIT musical theater guild or something like that. And, um, that was a show where I got a foot injury. That was crazy for you. Um, which was super fun. I was in the chorus and in that, but then the week before or like during hell week, Mm. the lead dancer who had all these dance solos showed up late for a rehearsal Mm -hmm. and the director decided to cut her from the show oh gosh which was a really bold 
bold move. And then the choreographer was like, we're going to teach you her part. And this is, um, were we tap dancing? I can't remember. I think we were either tap dancing or sort of fake tap dancing. Sure. You know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I had to learn all her steps. I think this is like 48 hours before the show. And um, we do opening night and I get through it and I'm feeling good. And we get to like the beginning of the second act and there's this fight scene on stage and we did not have breakaway furniture. I'm nervous listening. Yeah, to there's there's a table, uh-huh. and this guy's supposed to throw the table across the saloon, and all the girls, including me, are supposed to go ah, right? Right. Throws the table. The table lands on my foot. Oh God. And we're all we all have our heads down because we're reacting to the fight, and I can feel my shoe fill up with blood. Like, oh God. In, in just an instant. And <laughs> luckily, we were supposed to leave the stage at that moment, but I couldn't walk like a normal person. I wouldn't think so. So I just sort of whispered to the guy next to me, I need your help getting off stage, you know. And he helps me sort of drag, you know, sure. my foot. And then I like immediately lay on the floor. There happens to be an EMT who's in the chorus. Oh, nice. And she, she sees what has happened. Right. And like she immediately you know sets during this, a show like, turn, this is during a show oh this is a show still happening we're like in the wings and she's like do making this like makeshift tourniquet out of a piece of fabric fabric and um and my husband who's then my you know my boyfriend is right. sitting in the audience and they do a pay like calling john burkhan please report to the lobby and he has no idea oh my god what just happened and so we were like rushing an ambulance to the yard <laughs> Um, oh yeah, so it, it basically just like created like a two inch gash in my foot. Yeah, um, and got stitches and all this stuff. And so I was never in the show again. It had nine. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, yeah. nine performances. Well, if and you're I there to dance and you can't walk, that kind of doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. Uh, oh my god! And then I did Chicago at um, a lot of dance shows. In you're in here. Yeah, because um, you didn't. What'd you do with Don Mike? Okay, so then after Chicago, I did um, uh, not a chorus line, it's a big tap, Forty Second Street. Oh, that's right. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was like I think Still, that was twenty eleven, yeah. like right before the sing off. Sure. Um, and that was with the Arlington Players, and that was a whole lot of fun, and that was legit tap dancing. Right. And they had tap dance clinics running up to the audition, which like oh, that's good. If you didn't go to those, you, you weren't going to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like when a community theater does Shakespeare and they do free dialect class. Right, like, right. You have yeah, to go to that. Yeah, you're not gonna make it. Um, and and that was super fun. And wow. I wanted to just keep tap, tap dancing, or whatever. But then I had a, my first child. I had a baby. And so yeah. yeah. So the dream is to get back into a show. Age. Maybe do like yeah. a show a year. You know that sure. type of thing. But it's a, you know being gone three to five nights a week. Sure. Is not easy when you have couple kids at home yeah speaking of which tell everybody about your radio show uh what would you like to know about the radio show so the show is called formative tracks so on the show we sit down with dc area musicians to talk about the top five songs that made them there we are yeah 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 (laughs) right um yeah as a musician and and otherwise but it's a wide what i was really impressed with looking at the guest list is is a wide variety of for people who don't know the DC music scene is like the DC theater scene. It is. There's so much of it. What oh, are yeah. you, what are you into? We have it. Right. And you really, in this first group of episodes, do a great job of finding all different kinds of musicians. Thanks. Yeah. That's what I'm, yeah. that's what I'm aiming for. Yeah. Um, and it sort of just reflects my own musical taste because I'm interested in all me. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. there's certain, you know, genres that I gravitate to slightly sure. more than others, but, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it would be boring to just have like all indie rock groups, you know. Right, whatever. which you could do, but you sure. could absolutely do that. But like you say, you have Don Mike on to talk about Lati Do and yeah. talk about I think it's cabaret more interesting performing. For the listeners. Yeah. yeah, and it's a yeah, yeah, and so yeah, guests pick the um, you know, their five. Not necessarily favorite songs, but the five songs that had the biggest impact on them. So sometimes people are talking about some song they first heard when they were nine, mm-hmm. you know, on their, you know, their dad's record player, etc. Um, not to That's bring fine. back you it's and a your common story. Fisher Price, <laughs> right? Um, you I know, still had and, that yeah. Play. And sometimes people pick, you know, more recent songs, but you never know what people are going to choose. And I think it's very yeah. interesting to hear the music that have influenced a particular artist that maybe that couldn't be more dissimilar from the music that they actually make Mm -hmm. to, you know, at first listen, but then when they sort of explain it, you know, um, and you know, you learn a lot about the artists themselves Mm -hmm. on, um, on the show. So yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it and I feel like it has sort of endless, possibilities and i mean there's so many i've been keeping sort of a running spreadsheet of dc bands and, and sure. artists and i think it's up to like maybe 125 so far but i'm sure that it could go up to i don't know five six hundred i mean there's sure. just like and new bands are forming all the time all the time so. well and people form yeah it, it's the great thing of like i don't know anybody in dc who's in a band who's in just one band is oh right thing. oh yeah oh yeah For <laughs> and sure. generally the two or three bands are in are wildly different yeah styles performing in different venues and you're just right. like oh you're a, oh my gosh like you listen to those cuts and you're just like that's okay never mind i guess you yeah do that this too. this artist i interviewed the other day is in sort of like a you know a rootsy rock group but sure. he's also in an experimental group nice and i mean experimental <laughs> like you hear like classic we, ono band type, like, like we yeah deep. i mean I, I yeah i played one of the the tracks and i think the listeners are gonna be like what am i li-? i mean uh yeah, and so and he, and he actually his his experimental group just did a a few months ago did a twenty four hour concert at um, uh, Rhizome in DC might be Rhizome I think Rhizome okay yeah anyway um Jeez Louise yeah a twenty four so there was music playing for twenty four hours and people could just sort of drop in drop right. out they could join in or just watch. It was very it's like, the like polar 60s, opposite of those white yeah. stripes one note concerts. Yeah, they did. <laughs> right. Um, so it's it's been very interesting to, to me to explore all these things. Yeah, that's exhausting. I don't think it was necessarily um, the you know playing like I, yeah play, I, oh I get but it might just be, be yeah but at some point someone's music, yeah. just you know Even keep so. keeping that chord going on the synth. Yeah, for a really long time. <laughs> right. And you could you could nap. People are invited to sleep. I mean, you could just do it. Yeah, it was just like oh my god, a hang. Um, so anyway, it's it's been really it's been really fun, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, you should be. And that's so. If you're in the DC area, it can be found on your radio dial on. Uh, so WERA 96.7 mm-hmm. airs on Thursday nights at 8.30, and I believe it also streams online while... Um, oh, while it's oh, Yeah, it's so you, oh, could, great. you could listen to it remotely. And then after that, on Fridays, it gets posted on Mixcloud mm-hmm. for, you know, for forever, for your right, listening pleasure. Right, for eternity. Yes. 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 To listening. Yes. For the listening problem. Yes. And you can also follow Formative Tracks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook oh, if my. you want the latest. At Formative Tracks? Yes, at Formative Tracks. All three? All right. Yep. Good. You got that got the name across all the social media yes. platforms that's yep. a definite consideration yes and people can find you 
Uh, on the social media. Yes, at eBurkhan mm-hmm. and Twitter and Instagram and ElizaBurkhan.com. Right. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, for all of the... You can yeah you can see my my uh, singing stuff and writing stuff yeah. and podcast stuff and, and the rena- the renaissance ugh. renaissance that's the word <laughs> I was trying to say renaissance woman that is Eliza Burkhan exactly and all your different different medias thank you so much for coming down and talking about thank this you for show. having me this was a lot of fun the original cast is produced and edited by me Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Eliza Burkhoff for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. Rehearsal.